This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it's the 30th of March 2023. And today we're talking all about Be My Eyes and their brand new virtual volunteer feature. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hello, Sean Priest. How are you? I am gorgeous. Thank you, Stephen. How are you, sir? I'm good. Do you know what? We're starting off breaking news. Breaking news. Straight into it. Wow. Okay. What's the breaking news? Oh, it's very exciting, Sean. <gasps> WWDC's coming. Oh, yes, Yay. it is. We have the official announcement. Is it the 15th of June? Is that right? 15th of June? Yeah. No, it's the 5th. Oh, is it the 5th? I'm okay. thinking now. Yeah, it's the 5th. 5th oh, to the 9th okay. sure. of June. Yeah, so that's it. So d- d- make sure your diary's clear because we are going to be busy that week. Are we Are we going? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh. God bless you, Mr. F. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> really nice of him offering that, wasn't it? Uh, no, we're not going, but we will be here no. covering it. And to be honest, I'm kind of glad oh. about that because I think we'll have so much to digest. If it's true, this is oh. it. This is, you know, the rumour is this true is that... It? Reality Pro, or whatever they're going to call it, is coming. Eyeglass. I mean, eyeglass makes so much more sense, doesn't well, it? It does, yes, yes. But then if absolutely. it's not glasses, if it's VR. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, not going to work. No, eye headset doesn't work. No, you're right. Forget it. But um, what, do you, what else do you think we're going to see at this? I mean, okay, it's the usual, right? It's We're going to get a, a sense well, of all what the software, is. as it should be. WWDC is for developers. So That's we are right. going to see. I, I, I'm more excited. I'll be honest. I'm more excited by iOS 17, what we're going to get in here. Is this just Uh-oh. going to be a maintenance release? Because there, uh, yes. there was rumours that there's no new features coming. <laughs> no, no, don't spoil it. No, I can tell you now. iOS no. 17, if, if they if their focus is going to be on Reality Pro or whatever it's going to be called, XROS or whatever they call it, um, then I think that is all we're going to hear about. And the truth is that they'll probably reduce the amount of features that go into iOS 17. Not saying they won't bring anything new, but to be honest, it, it's it's interesting. And we're going to talk more about this on tomorrow's show, but there's a, a letter doing the rounds at the moment, which, again, I want to maybe focus on tomorrow because we don't really have the time to get into it today. Uh, and I think following today's conversation, it'll be a really good opportunity for us to discuss this, which is an open letter going out from a number of tech heads basically saying we need to put a pause on artificial intelligence for six months to allow us the opportunity to grasp what it is we have and what its you know potential impact is going to be on society. Okay. No, Absolutely kind of, ridiculous. Well, well, before we get, let's not get into that today, right? But the reason I say that... I want to. I know you do, but let's wait till tomorrow because uh-huh. the reason I want to bring it up is because I think that there's an argument to say maybe that should be the case with some technology announcements too. Maybe we need to just get some of the problems fixed, the foundational problems fixed, say in you know voiceover, for example, on iPhone, on Mac. Let's fix all that this year. Let's spend the year fixing all the bugs, fixing all the problems, and let's just cool down on the new features. What is it we really need inside these devices. Of course, none of this is going to happen because they're going to focus all the attention on XROS and iOS 17 will just be left, you know, to to just sit out in the cold for another year. And then we'll get iOS 18, which will come with a billion new features Mm. and no fixes. So there you go. That's, That's my prediction. Wow, that's a very pessimistic view there, negative Stephen. Um, okay, maybe. I, I don't know. I am hoping this is going to be a more of a maintenance release when it comes to iOS. I, I think you are right. There's been a lot of um, talk about you know, voiceover problems and in Mac OS as well. So I am hoping there is going to be a bit of, okay, let's do um, work on the internals rather than you know adding some sort of weird feature. So yeah. I hope so as well. I'll give you that one. Well, look, I want to get into our conversation today because we have two very special guests joining us. We have Mike Buckley, CEO of Be My Eyes, and Hans Weiberg, who is one of the founders of Be My Eyes. And I'm so glad to have both of you on the show today to talk all about Be My Eyes. And, uh, you know, it's a really interesting conversation to have about this this incredible and you know this, this this new world of AI, uh, which is just taking over every piece of the conversation, and we're, we're kind of hijacked by it every day to some yeah. degree. But 
in our conversation, and I had this conversation with Mike and and Hans uh, just this week, uh, we had a chance to talk about lots of different things and really dig into what is uh, happening at Be My Eyes, what the future holds for Be My Eyes as well, and some really interesting uh, news about how the relationship between OpenAI and Be My Eyes started. And that is where I began with uh, Mike Buckley, CEO of Be My Eyes. Yeah, uh, thank you, Stephen. And first of all, thanks for having us. And I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm nursing a little bit of a cold. So if I sound odd, I apologize or if I cough. <laughs> Apologies to the listeners. Um, I had approached OpenAI uh, in late December, early January to talk about ways of doing work together. I, I thought that there were potentially useful applications of the technology for our community. Um, but the talks really weren't going anywhere until they called me on, I think it was February 2nd or February 1st, I can't recall. And they said, hey, Mike, can you keep a secret? And I said, sure. I, do, we, do I need to sign an NDA or what, what do I need? And they said, no, don't worry about paperwork. It's more about, you know, trust with us. And they told me about the tool. Um, they gave me a demo to play with. And they said, will you be our launch partner? And not only that, you'll be our only launch partner on the visual recognition tool. And I said, look, I'm very excited about this. Let me get back to you. And I called hands and I called some of our uh, other team members and let them play with the tool. And I went back to them the next day and I said, look, we, we really want to do this, but there's something that you need to know about our philosophy and our community. And that is, that we provide our services for free. Is that okay with us? Are you going to charge us a lot of money? Are you going to charge the community a lot of money? And they said, no, that's fine. We'll work with you under those parameters. And we were off to the races. And five and a half weeks later, we, we launched the product. And it's been a, a remarkable, remarkable experience. I can't believe it happened so quick. That's incredible. It was, um, it was definitely a sprint. And we had, a, <laughs> we had a, a few false steps, as you would imagine, but um, I, I'm really incredibly proud of our engineering team, Stephen, um, who took this seriously. We, we dropped everything else as a company, right? Mm. Because you have to. And, uh, and, and they built a beautiful UI and uh, incorporated voiceover, right? Which is obviously a must for our community and uh, made this, at least according to the beta testers to this point, a very easy uh, experience. So, Hans, I mean, from your perspective on all of this, being the, the founder of this fantastic app and, and being a huge part of its future, I mean, Be My Eyes started off as essentially an application. You and I talked, I remember at the beginning when we, you and I talked about how this app was developed and it was really a way to help people through volunteers, through people who just gave their time. Technology has really caught up with that in a big way. What, what's your take on all this? Well, <laughs> uh when when Mike called me and said that there was somebody who had developed this uh, feature where you can uh, get the picture described, I was like, "Yeah, we have seen that. It, it's it's interesting, but it's not really working that well." Uh, but then I got to play around with it, and then, whoa, this <laughs> this is something else. Um, so I was very very uh, excited. Um, and, and of course, we, we also spoke about this, uh, what about our volunteers and so on. And, but we also uh, immediately realized that um, we, we do have a, a quite a group that is hesitating to call uh, a human being. Uh, and I'm sure they will love this feature. But we also have a big group that would rather talk to a real human being uh, where they can have this back and forth and ask questions and, and uh, have the guidance um, that you can get from a, a real person. Uh, and also the, the small talk that goes with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so we, we absolutely have uh, a need for this feature for a, a large group, but we also have another group that will will absolutely stick to the the live volunteers. Uh, so this is something we have needed uh, always, um, and I'm super super proud that we are uh, in the forefront of, of this uh, amazing development. So, mm. And Mike, you know, you mentioned about the fact you had contacted OpenAI, and I think this is quite interesting for a lot of our listeners to learn about that that 
essentially why you would have contacted them. Because I think a lot of people think that Be My Eyes is what it is, and it does a fantastic job. And of course, you've done incredible work at Be My Eyes, bringing on companies and specialist support, as well as having the human volunteers. So I think it was a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people that suddenly it was, in, you know, moving into this world of AI and bringing in this new technology as it did, and obviously having this partnership with OpenAI. But the fact that you made that call, does that tell us that you were thinking ahead on this as well? You were looking at what ChatGPT was doing? Is this something you were kind of thinking, hey, we need to get into the into this space? I don't know that I that I knew that, Stephen. I mean, I don't, and I certainly don't want to take a lot of credit for something that I didn't really anticipate. But what I will tell you is this. Our mission is to make the world more accessible for the 250 million plus people who are blind and low vision globally. And if you look at the advancements in AI, some of which appear as though they're going to be quite profound on a societal level, you know, you have to believe that there was the potential to help our community. That combined with kind of the data that we have from our from our, our community about barriers to usage made me make the call. And, and, and I'll share that data with you. We, we, we did a poll of our users and 23% of them said that they didn't make a call because they don't want to take a volunteer away from someone else who might need them more, mm. right? Which means we, we've done a poor job of communicating how, how – how many excess volunteers we have, but it was interesting to me. It also speaks volumes about uh, the kindness of our community generally, right? Um, The second barrier to usage was I have discomfort with calling a a stranger who's a volunteer or a paid agent. And, you know, the people that we talked to said, look, what if my kitchen's messy? What if I didn't make my bed that day? You know, maybe I just don't want someone in my house. And then the third reason was, and this is the third highest mentioned was, I feel less independent when I have to call another person. And so Mm. you have to believe when you see that, that you've got to think about ways to change your product or augment your service to help people overcome those very legitimate barriers, right? And what we've seen now through just the beta test of this launch is this not only addresses those barriers, but also just provides a choice, right? That's all we want. We want our community to have a choice to, um, and, and the power, Stephen, right, to take care of their own needs in any way that they choose. And that's really what this is about. Yeah, no one's no one's going to accuse you of trying to get rid of volunteers, because what would be the point? <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no value in that, right? I mean, it ultimately it is about choice. And, you know, I think that's the great thing about this, because, of course, you can see that, you know, you've got this fantastic base of volunteers. Now, I'm, I'm right in saying, am I still right in saying that the number of volunteers significantly outweigh the number of blind and partially sighted users. Is that right? Yeah, there are about 6.3 million volunteers and about wow. half a million people who are blind or low vision. Which is, is incredible when you think about it. There are 6.3 million people at this point. It's the largest digital volunteer organization in the world. And you know what's also incredible, and I'm, I know you will see this all the time, but every time I smile when I see a tweet from someone who says, Oh, I just got my first Be My Eyes call today. <laughs> I helped someone do this. And, you know, they were so thankful and I was so pleased to help. It just, it's its all feel good. There's nothing negative about it. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever heard a bad experience either, which again is incredible. You know, every, every call I've ever made on Be My Eyes has been a positive one. And it's helped me. And even when, so, I remember once, and you wouldn't even call it a negative, it was just someone who was in a rush, who answered the call clearly, maybe too quickly, and they said, I'm really sorry, I can't. And I said, no problem, no problem, but thank you for taking the call because, you know, what you're doing is so important. And I think that person was really upset. They had to jump on their train <laughs> to get to where they were yeah. going because they kind of really <laughs> wanted to help out. And that says a lot about the people. But when it comes to the AI, this is interesting because this is a problem which I don't think a lot of people fully understood. Even in our own community, I think a lot of people who, who were using Be My Eyes weren't even thinking about those who were really nervous about picking up their phone and using Be My Eyes as a service. So that's really interesting. In that survey, did you ask people about AI and if they would use that to communicate? We didn't. Um, this was this was several months ago, so it was really before we were aware of this. But we will go out and uh, report back to you and others uh, what they say. We've also, uh, Stephen, made a commitment to 
release a public report about the beta test with, you know, warts and all um, good, you know, good use cases, bad use cases, what's working and not based on uh, the beta testers feedback. Uh, Hans, you know, from your point of view, again, this is just an incredible improvement and, you know, another great choice when it comes to the way that we as blind people can get assistance. Well, uh, yes. Um, And uh, what uh, really, really fascinates me about is that you you can not only get something described, but you can actually ask questions uh, back to uh, the uh, description uh, and, and get some further information about uh, something specific. Um, uh, I, I took a picture of uh, two uh, cartons uh, that I had in my fridge and, and I uh, uh, asked uh, which one is the milk and how much fat does it contain? Uh, or th- I think I, it was the yogurt I asked, <laughs> but nevertheless. Um, and, and the answer came back with uh, it's the yogurt on the right, and uh, it contains uh, 3.5% uh, fat. Um, and I could have asked, what color are these, uh, or uh, something like, what brand is it, or something. But, but I could ask a specific question to this picture, and, and I got exactly that answer. Um, and, and that's just uh, mind-blowing, I think. Um, and also, um, I took a picture of my remote control, <laughs> and, um, and I got a description of, Every single button. Uh, I mean, I have some super smart friends, but none of them would be able to <laughs> explain all, all. I mean, we all have these uh, 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 remote consoles with uh, 500 buttons, and, and we have no idea. We can uh, turn the volume up and down, yes. basically. Um, and, and so, so sometimes it, it's uh, way better than uh, any human being. Uh, but in, in, if I need to turn on my washing machine, uh, then I would absolutely like to have a real person uh, who can uh, tell me, okay, you need to turn the, the dial uh, three knots down and, and now it is uh, on uh, 60 degrees or whatever. Um, so, so there is a place for, for both these uh, things. Uh, but as Mike said, now you have the choice uh, and you can do what fits you in in, in one specific uh, situation. Um, and the fact that we can do it for free is... Um, that has always been uh, the philosophy about Be My Eyes because we, we know that, yeah, the, the blind people in Denmark and uh, UK and, and so on, they might be able to, to pay uh, for uh, services. Uh, but most blind people in this world, they don't have that choice. Um, so, so that's why we also want to uh, provide this uh, service for free uh, to everybody. Yeah, I, I mean, Hans, you talk about, you know, your first experience of this. And I know myself, you know, when you bring OCR or you bring any kind of AI into the world, you know, I, I remember trying one of my with my wife years ago, an app called AI Poly, which I think is no more. And um, I pointed the camera at my wife's face and it told me she was a Labrador. Now, you can imagine how well that went down. And, uh, you know, I must say, Mike, I did learn my sofa is very comfortable to sleep on. But, um, you know, that's the, that's the downside of AI, right? But, but that, was, that was like 10 years ago, right? And who would think that in 10 years, even in 10 years, although things move very quickly, to get to the level that we've gotten to, this company, OpenAI, have done an incredible job here building this technology. And I think it's wonderful that, you know, you guys have partnered in the way you have because it shows what's capable. There is something interesting, though, about how whenever this new technology seems to come out these days, blind and partially sighted people tend to be at the front of the queue, which is kind of unusual. What do you think, Mike? I think it's about time, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting, you know, Hans has this point that he makes all the time to our team about how this is blind people leading right now, which is awesome. And, and we ev- literally almost every day we, we talk about this as, as a responsibility that we have, right, to make sure that our community bends this technology to their needs. Um, Stephen, I'm sure you've had a lot more experience with this than I have, but I have gotten story after story after story from members of the community who talk about, I am sick and tired of having technology thrust upon me, right? Mm. You know, oh, you've given this to me. No, no, no. Why don't you do this with me, right? Yeah. So 
our design and iteration philosophy on this is to make sure that we're moving thoughtfully and cautiously with direct impact uh, feedback every day from members of the community. We, we want to build this with the community to make sure it's truly serving their needs. So let's dig in a little bit to the, the tech itself and how this actually works. At the moment, everything's in closed beta. So you have to be on the beta program to get access to virtual volunteer, which is this new service, which will be rolling out. When do we think? Do we, do we have a date when it may come back? I hope it's a couple of months, Stephen, but I'm, I'm hedging because it's really going to be dependent on the feedback of the community and the data that we see. We need to make sure it's working and, and that it's safe, et cetera. And so, um, but I hope a couple of months. Okay, so for people who haven't seen this yet or, or, or are trying to get their head around how this works, you're essentially uploading an image or a number of images, and then you're querying information about those images, correct? Exactly. So talk us through that. So, so in your case, Hans, you took an image, you took a picture of the cartons of milk. Then you just ask a question like you would ask a volunteer, I guess. Yes, uh, and if you're a little lazy, you can just... Uh prompt in a question mark uh, and then sub- submit oh, really? <laughs> and then, and, and then <laughs> see, see, see what happens um, but you can also you can you can ask uh, what are the colors of this uh, shirt or which one is the yellow one uh, uh, if, if you kind of know what uh, but but you can also uh, hey I, I would like to know what's actually on this picture have I taken a usable uh, picture and then you can start with a description and then you can say oh okay yeah uh, it's a picture of uh, uh, three shirts on a bed and then you can say okay which one is the yellow one for instance or what color are they or something like that um so um and it, it's yeah super super simple yeah now obviously like i say everything's in beta at the moment i keep saying that because you know things can change and you know obviously the way you you present this can change dependent on how the the feedback goes and everything else but i, I do want to ask about data because everyone's concerned about data and Rightly so, I think. Privacy and all the rest. And and I think this leads to a, an interesting discussion around what we would use this for. First off, where is the, the picture that I'm taking? And when it goes into that app, where does it go? Does it does it go to the cloud? Does it go for processing? How does that work? Yes. And then, and then uh, we don't store the image currently. I don't know if we're going to do that in the future. I think it's really going to be dependent, Stephen, on if we think that storage will help us create a better tool over... But yes, it goes to the cloud, and then and then you prompt it, and then the information comes back that way. Um, there, there are. I do want to answer all the questions about data, but there are other things about the technology as to to why the picture is superior. So I hope we can get back to that. But yeah, of course, I don't, I don't want to duck this question. So um, the the other thing that I would say about data is if you look at what OpenAI has done in other areas, I think that they're moving in a really encouraging direction here, right? They just announced a, a week or two ago, for example, that they are making it um, opt-in only for developers if they want to share their data or not. And so um, I, I think we're not seeing a move on their part to kind of capture everything or suck up all, everything uh, into their systems. And they're really going to make that about uh, different companies and different developers' choices, which seems to me a really smart move, not only for our community, but just generally. But you're right when you say that there is a challenge here because you do have to have data in order to improve the entire system. That's how these things improve. You know, the reason our Amazon Echoes are smart and continue to be smart is because it listens to our voice, analyzes what we say, not in any nefarious way. It does it in order to improve itself. It's part of the reason, I think, why we've had issues with Siri for so many years because it doesn't do that, arguably around privacy. So it's, it's that balancing act I think we have to strike. Uh, as companies have to strike, I think, more importantly. 100%. It's about transparency too, right, Stephen? Well, right? that's right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, you go right back part. to the choice, right? Like, like, like there are certain services in my life where I see a value exchange where I'm willing to give up a certain amount of data, right, because of the value that I receive from the product or service. And so... As long as it's transparent and as long as the person on the other end of the equation has a choice, I, I feel a lot more comfortable. So that leads me to my next question around data and privacy, because you know one of the things that we talked about, Hans and I, you've, you and I have talked about this before when uh, we first talked about Be My Eyes years ago. Um, I remember us talking about the situations you would use Be My Eyes in. So for example, 
I've got a bank statement in front of me and I want to query what the balance is on this bank statement. And the general advice at the time from Be My Eyes was, yeah, do you know what? You're talking to a volunteer. We don't verify them. We can't be sure that, you know, we don't know what's going on in the other end of that call. So, you know, truth be told, things like that, very personal, private stuff that could identify you, that could identify location or identify bank details, you probably don't want to do. When it comes to the open AI side of it, this is something which I can totally see, me especially, wanting to use this for. Will it be safe to do that? Would you advise that? To be honest, um, I I don't exactly know right now. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it uh, in, in the beta test uh, uh, at all. Uh, but I hope we can bring this to a position where we can... Uh, advise people to do that because that would be a great way to uh, to get these kind of information um, uh, but I, I'm simply not able to uh, I don't know if you might uh, can 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 we give a straight answer to that question uh, as it is right now I don't think so but Stephen I hope we get there right like in a few if we get to a system where there's a mutual agreement and a definitive path where the data is not stored anywhere think about the freedom that that's going to give. Yeah. And the power that that's going to give, you know, Hans and I talk about this all the time and, and he and I have not been doing a lot of sleeping these days because <laughs> we just we keep coming up with other use cases and other ideas and ways that this needs to be deployed for the community. And, you know, I, it's it's um, it's it's an overwhelming kind of feeling that we have right now, because I, it feels like we're on the verge of a profound societal shift here and. We may be able to, in, in the not very distant future, create kind of a highly personalized digital assistant for multiple facets of your life. And if we can do that in a, in a privacy-protected and safe way, it's, it's, it's the greatest advance in our mission that we will have ever had in our, in our history. And so we're incredibly excited about that. Mike Buckley, CEO of Be My Eyes, talking there with Hans Weiberg. More from them in a minute. Sean, just bringing you back into this. I mean, just listening already to what they've said is just incredible. I mean, we're already talking about wearables. We're already talking about personal assistants that could take over. It's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it, what's uh, going on and what's happened in just a very short space of time since February. I know. That, that What was it, five and a half weeks or something? A yeah. turnaround to implement a feature like this? Absolutely amazing. And, uh, I mean... It almost feels like, are we overreaching here? Are we, you know, futurizing too much? But it all seems within grasp when it comes to AI. We, we are talking about wearables with the, without the need, I mean, from our point of view, you know, a wearable where we could just listen and ask, you know, the, the speech back and forth. It could be absolutely amazing. But uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to get on this beta. I'm, I need to test this out. It sounds fantastic. Absolutely. We'll look more from Hans and from Mike next as the conversation continues on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And today on Double Tap, I'm talking to Mike Buckley, CEO of Be My Eyes, and also Hans Weiberg, founder of Be My Eyes. Incredible conversation going into depth on this new wonderful virtual volunteer feature. And our conversation continues now on the subject of image recognition and its capabilities. One thing you did mention earlier that I thought was quite interesting was you talked about the, the superior image that essentially this this technology Uses. Now, are we talking here the quality of the image itself, or are we talking that the way that this OpenAI is able to identify and analyze the image? Is that, is no, that it's the, it's the recognition, Stephen. The recognition is leaps and bounds ahead. So my daughter was playing uh, a video game in the living room, and I stood in the corner way back, and I took a picture of the entire living room and a little bit of the television. And I asked the tool, what's on the TV? And it said, it appears to be the video game Fortnite, which was developed in blah, 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 blah. A person's about to jump out of a, out of a bus. Wow. And, it, it, and then I said, can you, can you explain that to me in Hindi? And it did. <laughs> and, and, and so it's, it, it, the, 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 the recognition of the, of the actual image itself is not only superior, 
but you combine that with a much higher degree of analytical and contextual prowess, yeah, as well as the ability to converse back and forth and acquire more information. So yes, that picture is a box of pasta. How do I prepare it? 10 minutes to El Dante perfection, according to Barilla, <laughs> right? Can you suggest a recipe? Yes, here's a recipe off the Barilla website. And it gives you that. And so, so it's not, it's, it's, it's the power of the image, the added layer of context, and then the ability to have a conversation. And the, the final thing, Stephen, that I don't think we, we told you is our engineers have built in prompts where if the tool's not able to answer a question or it's not sure, it prompts the user to, to with, um, would you like to be connected with a volunteer? Because I'm not certain. Oh, that's Which is kind of a cool feature. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of cool because it, it knows when it is less than 95% sure. Uh, don't ask me how it does. <laughs> but but, but it, it kind of knows, uh, am I 95% sure of this? And if not, then you will be prompt to call a volunteer uh, to, to make sure. I mean, if this is the way it's going, this is going to be really interesting, right? I mean, it seems you can pretty much do anything you want with this GPT-4 and, and, and GPT generally. Uh, and, you know, the, the capability is just incredible. But again, it's about harnessing it, isn't it? It's about harnessing it and almost trying to tie it down into something so that it can be tangible. I guess I wonder what that means for volunteers. Do you think a day will come where volunteers will be less utilised than, than its AI counterpart? It's certainly possible on some level, right? You know, if 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 I don't need to call someone to to get the expiration date on the carton of milk, maybe I won't, right? Um, but maybe I do prefer that human voice on the other end of the line. You know, this is, and it's really that goes back to the concept of user choice, Stephen. I, I think what happens here probably is given. Um, Given how awesome this tool is, and by the way, when I when I say that it's not chest thumping, I give credit to OpenAI for the technology. Just to be clear, um, but given how fantastic the tool is, I think you're, that you're going to see a tremendous influx of people on our platform using it. And I think that the net of that will be there are as many or more calls for volunteers when they're needed as well, because I think the size of the community is going to grow. So it's my hope that volunteers actually get calls a little bit more often because they love them. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not really a choice for hands and I to make, right? Mm. That's a choice for the community to, to make about what best serves their needs. And, and, and very bluntly, if that means we disrupt ourselves and disrupt our model, so be it, if that's what the community wants. And your message to volunteers I mean, yes, we know what you're saying to the blind community, which is, look, there are choices. What do you say to volunteers today? Are you, you're still encouraging them to say, look, come on, still sign up, still get involved, still await that call? Um, I think it's, it's very important to remember, at least for now, that uh, the chat function is picture uh, to text it's not video to text it might be i i expect to to see that um i don't know uh, in a year or whatever um but it is you have to take a picture um and a live video feed with a volunteer can do um, a lot other things that you cannot kind of do. Uh, uh, I mean, you cannot take a walk down uh, the street um, and, and have uh, uh, this chat function uh, guide you. You need a live person to do that. Uh, that might come. I don't know. But but for now, we absolutely uh, need our volunteers. And I totally agree with Mike that hopefully uh, a lot of people will uh, uh, read about Be My Eyes and, and, and try it out and find out, oh, this uh, chat thing is uh, amazing or uh, hey, I, I really like the, the volunteers and how they do it, and and, and we will grow our uh, community. I, I have no doubt about that. One other thing, Stephen, I think um, I think we want to do everything we can to take to take good care of our volunteers, um, and we are exploring a host of ways to do that. Um, not the least of which is we have a new customer on our on our platform, which is the uh, AARP, the Retirement Organization in the United States. And I think we can envision a lot of things down the road where where we utilize um, and serve our volunteers and 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 rely on that human kindness that they have in multiple ways that may even go beyond the community of blind and low vision. Um, 
that's down the road, but, 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 um, I, I really hope we can pre- preserve something meaningful because the, the, the true beauty of what Hans did here is, is he merged technology with human kindness. Right. Mm. Um, and I think we want to try to make sure we foster that in some way over the long term. I, I do want to ask you a little bit about on cost because you, you mentioned free and you want to keep the service free as, as, as much as you, I guess, can, um, but you also do have this side of the business, which is the specialist help, the specialist support, which comes through many companies who put their own uh, services. There, for example, Microsoft's Disability Answer Desk comes through Be My Eyes. So if I want to connect with someone, I use this a lot. To, you know, oh, my computer's broken down again, or it's coming up with a message it shouldn't have, or whatever it is, and I can get in touch with a, a Microsoft agent who can see it and who can deal with it, and that's brilliant. Now. Those services, those uh, provisions that are available through the Be My Eyes specialist help, is that what's paying and allowing for this partnership to continue and for us to be able to receive this for free? Is that is that the business model here? Yes, very much so. And I think that we will expand those relationships in terms of the number of the companies as well as the depth. Think about the, uh, the customer service team at any of our customers, Microsoft, Google, Verizon, Barilla, um, the the these folks staff large call centers, right? And link up with our app to provide this service. Down the road, um, I think we'll have more companies and we're already in discussions with many based on this announcement, as, as I guess you would anticipate. Um, not only to, to direct them uh, you know, efficiently to their existing customer service agents and contact centers, but we may be able to add a layer of the virtual volunteer Within their contact center, wow. right? If you think about your, your, you know, you, you talked about calling Microsoft, right, Stephen? I think it was that you were just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can imagine that a virtual volunteer has ingested every manual and user question that Microsoft has ever received, that virtual helper may be able to, to assist you through your Microsoft need pretty seamlessly in the not too distant future. And so... Or at least help the agent do uh, in a, in a faster exactly. or a better way. We've got to mention the elephant in the room here, which is Ira, of course, which is the other uh, organisation out there that is doing similar work in the sense that it's providing people to you know blind people who need them. But of course, we're paying for that service. We're paying for that in a quote unquote professional environment. Clearly, that business model is trying to do what you guys have done to some degree. I think with your um, with your specialized support. And I think they're trying to do similar, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about where they're going. Uh, and I think a lot of people are, especially with the, the price rises. But I look at your model, and obviously it is different. I mean, I go back to this point about being able to query the bank statement. I'll be honest, guys, if I'm doing that, I'm doing that with Ira. Of course you are. And you should never you should never do that. And I think we have that in, in our terms of agreement. And you should not show your credit card to a stranger. Um, so then you should absolutely use uh, Ira. Uh, and, and maybe this will affect the volume at Ira, but there will... Uh, definitely be a need for for iowa um and and also for the volunteers at, at be my eyes and 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 it is kind of similar but it's only very different uh, so it's also very different so i think there is a place for for both uh, models and, and and so on uh, we might have to adjust uh, to the reality in, in in the future but but i'm i'm certain there will absolutely be a, a need for for ira as well um, and, and we should also say in fairness that people don't just use ira for checking bank statements or credit cards they also use them for mobility for getting around for navigation and all of those things which are also really key now of course you can do some of that with be my eyes but some people prefer to do it with Ira because they've got the GPS locations and all that. So yeah, there's lots of there's differences between you. You're not the same company, and I think that's important to say. There are similarities, though. And, and I would say, look, I, I want to. I, I think I I'm, I'm thankful that Ira exists, right? And you know, we've talked with Troy and many people at Ira, and and they're you know the service that they provide is valuable. And so I, again, I want to thank them. That said, let's be honest. What is the future going to look like? It's probably a wearable that looks good, is lightweight, has fantastic real-time functionality, 
to get you through your environment that is powered almost certainly by multiple AI systems. Uh I think that's where this has to go. Um, But, but again, as, as Hans said, I think Ira's model and even the existing BMI's volunteer model will always have a place because we as a society, I think many of us are going to have preferences for human interaction at times, even though, you know, there's this, this huge charge to kind of AI everything (laughs) right now. Yeah. And also I think it's important to say, as I have often said on the show, it's about tools in the toolbox. You know, the great thing is you don't, you don't open up the Ira app and the Be My Eyes app deletes itself. You know, you can use both. That's right. Mm. But but I do want to point out that um, you say you, you can choose between Iowa and, and Be My Eyes, and that is because you, you live in England and you speak English. I mean, we, we, if you are uh, Italian or Japanese or Russian or whatever, uh, you don't have that choice. Uh, so, um, so, and that's... Um, be my eyes is a truly. I mean, we we can support you in 180 different languages, uh, and we have volunteers for all those languages, um, and and so so we can truly say that we support the uh, the, the global blind community, um, and and that is uh, I think the the biggest difference um, because those who can pay well uh, yeah those people will always get the help they need. Um, but, but we are here to support uh, also um, the, the other ones. Uh, the, the, the 90% of the blind people in this world, they live in, in India and Africa and, and China. Um, and, and, I mean, they will most likely not have uh, that much money to, uh, to buy uh, paid services um, so that's what we are really here for um, so. Do you know something Hans I'm so glad you said that I'm really glad you said that because you know it's sometimes nice to check your privilege at the door isn't it and just say yeah it's alright for me sitting here in the UK with the access to whatever I really you know to, within reason want but not everybody has that and this is where a service like Be My Eyes is incredible because it's free yes of course people in the West benefit from it we all do but there are many countries in the world that benefit from it in an arguably more meaningful way because they have nothing else. And I should also say another thing we haven't even touched on yet is the availability of Be My Eyes on different devices because it's not just an iPhone. It's not just an Android. It's also on um, the Blanchard Classic 2, if I believe right. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, you know, I mean, you're on a range of different devices, uh, which is also making it more accessible to more people. It just seems to me there's a heck of a lot of options out there. And it's just a really interesting time to be alive and to to see all these changes and and also to see, and I think this is the most important bit, it comes back to where I started, that AI being the next big thing, which it already is, and blind people being at the forefront of it. it and you guys it must be so excited to be amongst that. I can tell you, <laughs> uh, I was interviewed uh, last week uh, from a, a newspaper here in Denmark, uh, and the journalist was uh, very excited about uh, this uh, thing, and, and he really wanted to become a uh, beta tester. Um, and I said, if you're not blind, you can forget about it. Um, <laughs> and and it, was, um, it was just a... a Amazing thing to be able to say that sentence, <laughs> um, mm. and um, and and so, so the fact that we we are in, in the forefront of this is uh, is is really amazing uh, that that we uh, have this uh, position, uh, not only as of course for for my eyes, but but uh, I believe for for the whole blind community that, that this is really something that we we can benefit from, and we are in the forefront of it. And and what I expect this to grow into is, I mean, a lot of elderly people struggle to navigate their computers. And and if we can put this uh, feature into a computer screen, um, uh, not only uh, blind people can benefit from it, but everybody can, can get a super easy uh, explanation and they can have a conversation with their computer about how to order uh, uh, something um, and and I, I'm sure this will uh, really change the way we are uh, interacting uh, with, with our uh, online life uh, especially uh, shopping and, and, and so on um, because this can really help uh, not only blind people but everybody I, I believe 
Mike, I remember years ago presenting a, a, a training day for people who were in their 70s and 80s. And I was showing them different types of technology. And I remember putting on the desk a laptop that was turned on and ready to go and an iPad. And I remember everyone going to the iPad and getting all excited and using it, picking it up and touching it and realizing that they could interact with it in a different way. And when I asked, why didn't you use the laptop? They said, way too complicated. Don't have a clue. I'd probably break the thing. And I think we're having another moment like that with AI. Mm. The people are now going to not pick up the... (laughs) the iPad anymore, they're just going to go straight to a smart speaker or pick up a pair of glasses. You know, they're going to interact, like Hans says, interact with technology in a much simpler way, but still get the same results you would get if you'd had, you know, like in my case, a Lenovo laptop sitting here with a keyboard and mouse, right? You, you don't, you're not going to need that stuff in the future. And people are going to be able to interact and get so much out of their devices. And, you know, like we've been saying, blind people will get the same experience. A hundred percent. The, I mean, think about it. it you, what is the new coding language? It's speech. Yes. What is the new tool to create a PowerPoint with a couple of plugins in OpenAI? It's speech, right? If, if you can interact with technology by talking to it and it works and, it, and you get it to do what you want to do by using your voice, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's conceptually mind-blowing to think about the impact of that. Um, as as an equalizer, as as a, a distribution of power that, frankly, I don't know that the world's ever seen before. Well, you guys are at the forefront of something huge, and you know I'm so glad you're there, and I'm so glad that such a wonderful company is involved in, in this because I think we're all going to benefit from it for sure, and I can't wait to test it out on the beta and also for everyone else to try it in a few months' time. Do come back on and tell us how you're getting on and uh, we'll really look forward to hearing more about this in the future as this as this develops. And it just feels like we're probably months away and we'll be, there'll be robots taking over our lives, which is fine because <laughs> if, if we can get a robot that can just get to the shops and, and get me some KFC, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> um, really interesting, guys, as always. Mike uh, Buckley and uh, Hans Weiberg, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap today. Thank you for having us. Thanks very much, Stephen. Really interesting conversation with Mike and Hans. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad they came on to the show and, you know, gave us so much time, Sean. They were re- interesting. Well, what were some of your takeaways from that? Because there's, there's obviously a lot in there. There's a lot to unpack. But, you know, what yeah. were your sort of main takeaways from that conversation? Well, you, you know, obviously we've been talking about AI so much. So we'll come back to that maybe. But I just firstly want to say that was a fantastic interview, Stephen. Well done, you. Um, but I, I'm. Mike and Hans, their enthusiasm, right, and their their um, ethos behind Be My Eyes, doesn't it really come through in that interview? I think it, it really, I don't know, it really showed me again why Be My Eyes was so popular, is so popular. I, I'll be honest, I haven't used it in a while. Um, you know, there's so much talk about Ira recently, and this just shows me why Be My Eyes is such a, a, a great project because of their passion for it and the, the way they've approached, um, even before uh, they were approached by OpenAI, you know, the way Mike was looking out for it and, and saying, is there, perhaps there's a way we can use it. That just shows that they're always looking to improve Be My Eyes. And, oh, man, fantastic. And the number of volunteers, that blows my mind. And the point that Hans 6.3 made... 6.3 million people. I know. I mean, isn't that inc- just incredible? And the point that Hans made about being available in, was it 182 different languages? Yes. I mean, that is truly international. I'm, I'm not trying to do Ira down at all, but it just shows the scope of something like this and, and the, the, the free nature of it and how they want to keep it free. I know that, look, I know the AI is the really interesting uh, hook in this and you know wow it seems incredible and the examples they gave there i mean i could just think of so many uses i would use that all the time that thing about the uh, superior image quality where he's taking a picture of his daughter playing a, a video game in the living room and it was able to grab that much detail however just yeah a, a picture a tv screen in the corner of the room is incredible it sounds absolutely amazing but for me my takeaway from this is these guys are amazing, and, and good luck to them. And it just yeah. shows how what good hands Be My Eyes is in. I'm, I'm really 
Good hands. I like that. Ah, Good hands. Ah. Uh, You can use that, guys, if you want that. that. (laughs) I'm stoked by this interview. It really really pumped me up. It was great. Well, it was interesting because we got, uh, just off the back of that, you know, we got an email from Camille Savoie talking about a new X-ray vision feature which could come with augmented reality. And he was saying, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think this potentially has great, you know, potential for us in the blind community, right? Uh, you know, for example, AR could be used to read RFID codes and therefore identify items, say, at a grocery store. I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest with you, Camille. I would totally agree with you on this had this announcement not happened. Because what I think, and it's not even so much this particular announcement, it's the fact that GPT-4 allows for the kind of image searching capabilities that it does. And because of that, I think we are way beyond. I think we've just gone past every piece of technology, application, everything, if you think about it. You know, if you can pick up the milk and say, how much fat content is in this? Or what's the expiry date? Or, you know, basically get the information from an image via an app, then we're way past the point of it having to scan codes. I mean, look at the work NaviLens has done, right? Just think about that. NaviLens is is working really hard to make sure the packaging and the content is available to as many people in the UK. They've got it on Kellogg's. I think they've got it on a number of other products now as well. Uh, They've got these little codes on there. Pee my eyes would blow all that out of the water because you can just query now, okay, look, it's um, Kellogg's cornflakes or whatever it is. You know, what, or, or what is it? Okay, it is Kellogg's Cornflakes. Okay, yes. what's, what's the content? What's the, you know, what's the nutritional information? It will get all that for you. You don't even need the code anymore. I, I, can I be totally honest with you? I'm kind of not believing it yet until I try it. Because I, I just think, how is that even possible? Right? Because, for example, open up your fridge, take a picture. Haven't you got to make sure that the, you know, the... the best before date, the use by date is perfectly visible. Isn't that going to take some, you know, manoeuvring around yes. of the, the cartons yes. and things? Because well, mean, you have to take, you can take various images though. That's the thing. So you can, you can take it, yes. numbers of images and just sort of take one from the top, one from the side. If you don't know what the thing is, you and can just can take a number of images it. and it'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I'm still slightly, you know, as I said, I still don't quite believe it's as as amazing as it seems until I until try it hands out. on. Yeah, yeah. I know. but if if what they're saying is you know is, is possible and is in everyday use, you know, really as easy as that, this is game changing. This is like when we first got these uh, video, you know, assistants, be my eyes and Ira. This is the same thing for me. This could be incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. Listen, we're out of time today. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to Hans. Also, thank you, Sean, for coming on. We'll get more of your feedback on this, of course, I'm sure, over the coming days. And we welcome your feedback as well. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Or you can call us one 803 4567 Tell us your thoughts on the conversation today. We're back tomorrow. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.